Hello, my amazing wildflowers. Welcome back to another episode of The Garden. If you're new here, hi, my name is Natalia Rodriguez, and I am the host of this podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about my life story. Ooh, I'm nervous about this one, actually. I don't... We're going to be very vulnerable today. Yeah. So, to start telling my life story... I'm going to start with more background information. I won't talk about everything in my life because that would take too long. Because that means details and that's like almost 21 years of information, you know? So I'm going to talk about kind of the basics first and then I'll get into the nice, detailed, juicy stuff, right? So I was born in a little country in Central America. It's actually known as the Fleet of Central America, El Pulgarcito in Spanish. I almost said in Espanol, (laughs) but yeah, so I was born there in El Salvador, right, El Salvador, I forgot to say the country, I was born in El Salvador, and when I was around two, almost three years old, I immigrated with my parents to the United States, because they wanted to give me a better life, and you know, not run away, because they didn't run away, they came on a plane, they fled from the violence, and also the fact that I wouldn't really have as bright of a future if we stayed there so they immigrated and at first they lived in Florida for we lived in Florida for like two years and then we moved to Virginia and I lived and grew up mainly in Virginia for about 12 years and in 2018 not 2018 2019 I moved back to Florida and I go to school here so I've been here ever since So, that's kind of where I've been. In terms of my spiritual journey, you can call it, I grew up in church. Like, I lived in the church, you know. My parents would volunteer all the time, and they were always very faithful and serving because they loved to help people. So, I lived in the church walls, and specifically in the church that I went to, which was a Nazarene church, by the way. They had a nonprofit, so my parents would be helping there almost every weekend. So I grew up, you know, with the people that we would serve. So it was really cool that they got to see me grow up. It was a fun experience and also kind of one of a kind experience that not a lot of people have. So I am very honored and very blessed that I've had that in my life. And yeah, so I grew up in church. I You know, typical, like, I went to VBS, I was in youth group, I was there on Sundays, even though I didn't want to be. Growing up, I didn't really know what having a relationship with Jesus meant. Like, I just didn't know that that was a thing that people did and people can have. So, when I went to this camp in 2018, I was 15 years old. There was this sermon that the pastor was preaching about not writing the coattails of your parents' faith. And in my 16, 15-year-old brain, I was like, I don't think I've ever accepted Jesus. I don't think I've ever done that before. I thought thought it was about going to church and knowing the stories, and that was it, right? And being a good person. And I thought that was it, and I didn't. So this was like a shock to me. So that night, after this amazing sermon, this amazing word, I went up to one of my youth pastors and one of my friends and was like, I want to accept Jesus into my life. And I did. 
and I would love to say, actually, no, I wouldn't love to say. I'm happy to say because I feel like this isn't talked about enough. My life wasn't instantly changed. Like, I was not a completely different person after this. And it's not because God didn't do anything. It's just how it happened because I didn't know what it was, if that makes sense. I didn't know what it meant to accept Jesus into my heart. Like, I did because I knew he died on the cross for my sin, but I didn't know that that meant that I could have a relationship with Jesus because I didn't know what that looked like. So, essentially, this is, like, the story of how I came to Christ. So, that's important for other things that I'll talk about in a little bit, but to give a little more background, I moved around a lot growing up. I moved to several schools. I was always mostly in the same area, but I moved a lot, and when I was about to go to middle school, so this was fifth grade in this county at the time, I was about 10 years old, almost 10 years old, I don't remember, but I had moved schools, and I had started to feel stressed, and I had a bunch of stomach aches, and I was nervous, and I didn't know what was happening, and I would go to the nurse's office, and they would send me home, and then They'd be like, what's happening? Why is this happening all the time to your daughter, to my parents? And they didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. But it was actually the beginning of my struggle with anxiety. And this is something I learned later on. But it was, like, hard for me at the time. Eventually, I got over it. But it always came in episodes and in waves. And it always has. I still struggle with it today. And I have moments of, like, a couple good, a couple bad weeks with it, and I struggle a lot, and then it's months, or weeks, or even days, and then it comes back. So, it's, like, a process with that, but all that anxiety was caused by a lot of stress around me, and, yeah, I'll get back to that. That's a little loose end for later. So, moving around a lot, I say this, again, I say a lot of these revelations now because I've thought about it and talked to the Lord about it I did not know this at the time but I as I moved around a lot I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser I was and how much of my identity relied on my environment and how the people around me who was speaking into my life and where I was was making who I am essentially that's how I would make my identity who I became and add that with academic validation it was not a healthy mix it isn't a healthy mix and when I when we moved to Florida and this was the beginning of my junior year this was moving states and I had like worse anxiety at this point because I had been stressed with high school I took hard classes So stress was common to me and it was like starting to show effects almost that I would continue to struggle with in the years to come. But I moved states and it's a different culture. It's different people. It's a different climate. And I didn't know how to handle that. And I didn't really have any friends. And the couple friends I did have, I actually had a really bad falling out right before the pandemic. So this is March 2020, I'm about to turn 17, 
and the world is falling apart. COVID started happening. We all went in quarantine and my school shut down like everybody else's and I'm an only kid. So I just stayed home. My parents both worked because they their jobs didn't stop. So yeah, my best friend was my dog. We became pretty tight. We're actually really close now and she responds. You know, I talk to her and she responds with just like a look, but I know what she's saying. And if you're a dog parent or you ha- you grew up with a dog, I know you understand me too. So, so my dog, Peaches, became my best friend. And I was just really alone in this moment. All of the anxiety, all the stress, all the insecurity, all the image and, you know, identity issues in my life had started to show up even more because I was isolated because I had no other distraction. Like, I was doing school online, but other than that, I had nothing else. And in this moment, in this really hard moment in my life, I, like, all these issues became a really bad depression. And I remember my parents being, trying to encourage me, like every parent who's worried about their child being like this, was like, you should, like, pray. You should, like, ask God to help you. Because he's really the only one that can help because they don't really know what they're doing. They, you know, they suggested counseling. But then my response is crying and being like, I'm not crazy. I don't want to go to therapy. That's for like crazy people, right? And I was just in this hard moment in my life. And I remember asking my mom for a Bible. with, And I got a cute one with margins from Amazon, which I still use today. But... I remember getting this and starting to watch sermons, specifically Elevation, and I was just trying. Like, I was starting to learn about this daily devotion thing. Not that I had ever seen it as an example in my life, in church or outside of church. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I started doing it, and it didn't help. It did nothing. I felt the absolute same. In fact, I was so angry. I was like praying and I would cry out and I'd be like, God, you see me crying myself to sleep every night. You see how much I'm struggling, how much I'm hurting. I grew up and I grew up in church and you say that you love me. I see your Bible and your word and it says that you love me and you care. Why aren't you doing anything? And I felt so alone. I felt no comfort. And I was so angry with God. And really, that was the beginning of this kind of kindled hurt. And it turned into anger with the Lord. And I remember going into my senior year, I was going back to school with a mask, but going back to school because I needed to get out of the house. And I got a job, too, that year. And I was just on autopilot. I was not focusing on anything else other than just what I needed to do. And I was like, college. That's the next step, college. Like, there was no other question because it's what I worked my entire life for, which I know a lot of people can agree with, too. And I was just like, I'm going to apply. I'm just going to apply and do this and be done. And at that time, I had, I mean, I still struggle with a lot of these things. And it's, I'm learning. But I used to compare myself a lot to other people. And being like, oh, but this girl has so much on her 
college application. Oh, she's doing this and this and this in school. Like, I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I didn't do enough. And that would be, like, just me tormenting me. I had these high expectations in my life for myself. And in COVID, I didn't do it. Like, I didn't work toward it because I was so paralyzed by stress and by fear. And by the feeling that I could never obtain what I want. So I didn't do anything about it. I just ended up becoming worse of a problem. And to give you an example of what I mean, growing up, I was never the skinny girl, okay? I was always on the bigger side, and it always became a very big insecurity for me. It was always something that I struggled with. Body image is still something I struggle with, in fact, and I'm learning, (laughs) learning, Slowly, but learning. And I, during COVID, I had gained a bit of weight because I was home all day and I was depressed and I was binge eating. And I remember I would, in my mind, almost self-flagellate myself. I think that's a word, but I would kind of torture myself in my mind of like, how can you let it get to this? Like, it was just a little mind because I was my worst enemy. And... That year, like, just senior year, was so much pain internally. And just in that time in my life, even during COVID, so much pain internally that I didn't know how to deal with. That the only thing I could do was distract myself from it. Only thing I could do. So I worked. And I applied to college. And even though I made myself feel horrible about myself every single day, every single waking moment, I didn't put energy to it because I didn't have time for it because there was always other priorities so when it came to college funny enough I remember being like god if you're real if you're listening if you care just help me make a decision help me decide where you want me to go or where I should be because I'm indecisive so make make the decision for me And he did. Not in the way I wanted to, you know. I thought he was, like, going to open the heavens and come down from earth and tell me himself. No, he just let all the other, most, all of the colleges, except the one that I'm in right now, say no. Except that one college that said yes. And I was like, what do you mean? I was having the shock of my life. When I say this, the shock of my life, I had worked my butt off all of high school. I was living off my academic validation and all these schools said no schools that are easy to get schools that are easy to get into and they said no I did what I was like so confused I cried about it but I was like I guess he answered I guess that was him so I took it and I just kind of forgot about it and I just focused on I'm going to college I'm getting ready for college After I graduated, I started to focus only on college. So I was getting ready for being in my dorm and just focusing on packing and feeling like this is going to be a new beginning. This is going to be a new start to my life. I can make friends and I can have the life I always dreamed of, right? And when I moved in, it was chaotic because my parents and I know nothing about American college. And they just dropped me off and I was crying. Like, I sobbed in the car before my parents left after they dropped me off. Like, 
I don't know if I'm ready to be independent because it was becoming real. Like, it became real. They dropped me off, all my stuff off, and I was on my own for the first time ever in my life. And it was like, I was young. I was 18. Being 18 and on your own, I know it's so common and so normalized that people have their lives together so young, but it's not common, I think. It shouldn't be common. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We're young. We're still kids. Even though you're 18 and a legal adult, you're still a kid. I'm 20, and I I still feel like a kid. Like, you know, the other day... What do you mean the other day? (laughs) Last night, (laughs) I was watching the new Avatar the Airbender show, which is actually not that bad. Pretty good. But I was enjoying it. I was having the time of my life, because it's reliving those childhood moments of nostalgia that I feel like... We're, we're so neglected when we were kids because we were so like into growing up and like yeah I can't wait to be an adult and now that I'm an adult I want to be a kid the complexities of life you know that's such a tangent well, a side tangent but getting back to the point I struggled a lot and when I moved in and I remember my first week I went to class and I had no friends, and I was so anxious about it because I felt so alone, and I hated being alone, even though I'm a very, like, I was a very shy kid growing up, and I'm still very much of a homebody and introverted. I love, like, people, and I love having people around, and yeah, my social battery runs out, but I loved having that community and feeling part of something which I missed a lot when I moved to Florida. So now that I'm in college, I'm looking, everybody's looking for their tribe. And it's the first week, and I remember going to the dining hall. And it was the first and only time in my entire time in college that I went alone to eat because I've always been anxious about being alone. It, I've gotten better over the last couple of years where I can do things alone now, but it's still a very big feat to me because going out in public alone is something, I don't know. I'll talk about that eventually in another episode because these are still things I'm working through. But yeah, I just remember going out to the dining hall and I was sitting by myself eating and being on my phone because I felt like everybody was looking at me and making fun of me because everyone around me had friends and I didn't. And to make things even worse, I had white shoes on when I went to this dining hall and I remember this because afterwards I called my mom crying like, telling her I can't do this because she like I was texting her as I was eating at this dining hall and I remember it was like this chicken curry or whatever and I'm as I'm walking to put my tray back in like to put it so they can go clean I dropped a little bit of the chicken on my shoe and I got back to my room and I was crying I was crying talking to my mom and just trying to get a Tide pen to take it out And to do it quickly before my roommate came back and saw me crying and calling my mom. Because I was so sad. And I was like, I can't make it. By that week, the end of the first week, I was just like, I'm going to drop out. This is is not for me. College is not for me. This life is not for me. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go where it's comfortable. I'm going to live and be with my dog and do it online. Because I can't do this. And... God's timing is always perfect and he always has a plan because by that second week I went to class and oh there's a little fuzz that just passed by my camera you'll see it if you're watching the video that's really funny that's really cool 
going back to the story, the second week I went to class and I, this girl came up to me and was like, can I sit next to you? And I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And she sat next to me and this girl in front of us turns around and is like, oh, do you guys want to come to this volleyball hangout with this campus ministry? And my first reaction was, no, I don't want to be in a Jesus-loving community again. I don't want to be in a churchy community again. My parents had left with a lot of church hurt in Virginia, and I saw a lot of that, and I felt like they were fake and all of these things. So that, and then also, I was angry at God. I didn't know it. I wasn't, like, actively aware of it, but I was angry at God for what had happened in my life, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So I was just like, no, but yes, because I'm desperate and I have no friends. So yeah, I guess I'll go. And that was my thought process. I think I was like, okay, when I was in class. But that same night, I went to this volleyball hangout and I pretty much joined was like, what's the word? Not stolen, kidnapped, no. Was roped in, no. Was, I don't don't know. I don't know the word. I don't know the word. I came, I went that night to this volleyball hangout and I was, it was the first night ever me hanging out with these people and I never left. Essentially, I, the girl that sat beside me and a bunch of other girls had dinner that night And it changed my life forever because I had these friends. So much so that those same friends, that girl that sat beside me, became my roommate the next year. The Lord can use anything and use anyone. And he has perfect timing because I was so ready to figure out how to drop out of college at that point. Or something, you know? Because I I was already, like, semi-depressed having no friends. I needed people and he provided people in the perfect time and I again I would love to say things were different ever since then but it didn't happen I had to come on my own to Jesus in full surrender and I say this because that semester of my first year in college I didn't I didn't fully surrender to the Lord I was still very much lukewarm like I was doing what I want I didn't go out clubbing or anything I didn't go full hard But the Lord saved me from a lot of people that could have taken me down a wrong path. Because we're human. And in college, especially a secular campus, you see everyone in this university of culture of going out clubbing, of going out to parties, of drinking, of being on dating apps, of hookup culture, all of these things. And I saw that as normal because that was a culture. Now, I grew up very sheltered and I never did any of that in high school. But I was like, I'm tired of being the good girl. I want to live my life. I didn't really because I was so very much like, I love my room. I'm not getting out of here. But it was kind of my rebellions. My rebellions? It's <laughs> not a word. Rebellion. And I... <laughs> I think I mixed Alliance and Rebellion because I'm thinking of Star Wars. Because when am I not? Um, Because, fun fact, I mean, those who know me know this, but um, I love Star Wars. So, I'm thinking of that. Yeah, so, Rebellion. It was my rebellious stage in life. And I wish that things would have changed sooner. 
but I'm happy that it worked out the way it did because I got to see the Lord's grace in it. So if you have, instead of looking back at myself, with not with disgust, but with remorse, I'm going to give myself grace because it's part of life and it's part of an amazing testimony. Um, and I regret nothing. So if you feel like, oh, I regret this in life, I regret that in life, just give your give your past self, your younger self, grace. Because the Lord used you anyways, and the Lord brought you here to this moment in life, whether it's listening to me right now or just in where you are in life in this season. So have grace with yourself because the God who created you and who's all-powerful gave you grace first. And who are you to deny something when we are literally a speck of dust and the God who's so powerful and made all those specks of dust gives it to you freely. I was very much doing what I want to do and I, my pastor from this campus ministry, she had a conversation with me that I struggled with a lot and I was like, she called me higher essentially and was like, this is not what you should be doing if you're saying you're a Christian. Or this is not the way you should be living. If, you know, obviously because, not just because, oh, we want you to come to service, but genuinely because we want you to have a life that's being fulfilled by Christ. And nobody has ever talked to me like that. And I was just, I was so angry at the time. I was like, why would she talk to me like that? Who gave her that authority? Who let her speak to me like that? I don't even know this woman. And it took a long time. And the Lord softening my heart. Because that Christmas break. I remember just sitting in my room. And being like what I'm doing. Is not fulfilling me in any way. What I'm doing is not changing my life in any way. I'm not where I want to be anyways. And I remember... During this time, I felt the need to write my testimony, to, like, write my life in, like, vivid detail. So I started writing my life like it was a narrator and from an outside perspective. And slowly, through that, God softened my heart and made me realize how much I need him and how much he's always been there. Even though I didn't want him there and even though I didn't understand at the time. So I came back and the Holy Spirit did a work in me. All all of the change that happened in that time is all because of him. So to to him be the glory, I did nothing. I kid you, I, I kid you not, I did absolutely nothing. I was just there. And the Holy Spirit did crazy things and I came back in the spring, my first year, a completely different person. And so many people can attest to this. I was so different. And I was so sold out for Jesus and I started getting more involved and I wanted to serve and my life from there was changed because I started to learn what it was to have a relationship with Jesus. And it goes back to me saying like it's not like an instant change. The Lord wanted me to come to him and surrender. In full surrender, not in partial surrender. Because kind of like how partial obedience is disobedience partial surrender is not surrender it's just not because you have to give everything up and life has changed so much since then 
I started getting more involved. My sophomore year, I was in leadership at that point, and it was the spring semester of my second year, sophomore year, where, so this is 2023, beginning of 2023. I started the year off going to this conference in Tennessee with my campus ministry, and it was just so renewing, and I was so on fire, and I had felt a couple weeks later at this meeting that I wanted to go on this missions trip to Alaska with my campus ministry, and I said yes, out of faith, because I'm a college student, I don't have the money to go on a missions trip, so I was now tasked with fundraising, which is not something, and I'm not going to lie to you, it's not something I completely agreed with, and it's still not something I completely, like, have a foundation on, or not that I don't agree with it, it's just, I, I still have very conflicting opinions about it, so I don't have life figured out, um, and I'll go on that side note in a second, but I went, I, like, I just did the jump, I felt it in my heart and my spirit, and I've never felt, there's very few times I felt the Lord calling me so clearly to something, and that was one of them, so I took the jump, even though I had already kind of decided I wasn't going to do it, and I signed up, not not even talking to my parents, not even really thinking it through. I just remember being in that meeting and being like, if I don't sign up right now, I'm not going to sign up. But I can't let this pass. Like, this has to be God asking me to do this. So I did, and it became a very big process that the missions trip happened last summer, and I know I talked about it a little bit last episode, because it was really where the idea of this right here, the garden, started, but also, it was just overall a life-changing trip. It was amazing. It was something from, something, it was the Lord using this crazy experience to teach me so many things, and I'm very blessed, and I love that trip, and I will talk about it eventually, but in the process of preparing for that trip was very hard because there was a lot of things my parents and I disagreed on when it came to that mission trip, which it happens. It's part of adulthood. And also I was raising money for this trip and something had happened. Like it was the first week of March and it was a Wednesday and something had happened with the stuff with Alaska. And I was so upset and I was so like confused. And I remember just praying and God knows how, like, those, those were very, in, those are very ingrained memories in my head of me, like, crying on my knees, being like, I'm so confused, God, I thought this was something you were calling me to be obedient in, why is this happening, why is this not easy, why is this not, like, you clearing a path that's so clear and easy, I just didn't know what I was doing, and this is some encouragement if you've ever felt like this, Sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, we don't understand what God is doing. And the closer you get to God, the deeper you go with Him, the less you can take of yourself. And the deeper you go, and the more you have a relationship with God, the harder it is. And to if you're new to Christ, or if you're still learning a lot of things like I am, that could be really intimidating. And it's really hard. I'm not going to lie to you, it's one of the hardest things um, to do because 
it means like you're walking into something and you know it's going to be uncomfortable and you know it's going to be hard. But it's so worth it. Even in the middle of the storm, it's so worth it. And I'll talk about why in my own experience in this past year, in the past weeks really. I'll talk about it in a second. But it's just like, if you feel like this is really hard and really overwhelming, you're not alone. You're never alone. And pain is the only way that we grow. And there are seasons where you have to uproot things. There are seasons where you have to sow. There are seasons where you reap the blessing. But when you are in a moment of sorrow or grief or pain or discomfort or sadness or stress, know that if you give that to God, even if you don't like fully surrender it, God will still move. In this situation, when I had this horrible... It wasn't horrible, but it was a really sad thing that happened. And I was very distraught about this thing with Alaska. I know I didn't fully trust the Lord. And I know I had so much doubt. But all I wanted to was to please God. And I was just there. And he was there with me. And you are not alone if you're going through something hard. So that's my just little side note. Two days after this whole thing happened, a lot of tears. I was very stressed that week. I was very heartbroken that week, which, and it's funny because that was the same week that it was, so that the Alaska thing happened Wednesday, Monday, I had gone with my friends to see Jesus Revolution and it was just really fun. So it was, it started as a good week. It ended on Friday with me having a car accident and totaling my car. Now, it was a miracle because I came out completely fine. I was not hurt at all, even though my front of the car where I was was the most hit. But it was hard because I I had, like, this hard thing happen and then it was this other thing. And it felt like my life was falling apart. And after I, all these things happened, I spent the rest of the spring semester of my second year and the summer just trying to figure out why. I didn't really know why. To be honest, I don't think I fully understand why. I understand some parts now, but not fully. And I went into the summer break. So this was a couple months ago before the Alaska mission trip. And I just wanted to focus on Jesus One of the things I felt like the Lord was telling me was to keep my eyes on Jesus. You know, like in the storm when the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is sleeping. Like, keep your eyes on him. So, I started to take care of myself. You know what I mean? Like, to start running and get a hobby and to start being more consistent in my daily devotion. Yeah, I was still doing school over the summer, but it was... One of the moments in my life where I felt the healthiest and the closest to God. And I felt happy again. And in this moment, God asked me to do something really difficult in obedience. Which was to give up leadership. Was to step down. And I was like, is this you? And he was like, yeah, bro. It's me. 
I'm asking you to do this. Are you going to do it? And I did out of obedience and I did not understand it at the time. And let me tell you why. (laughs) One of the reasons why God asked me to step down and why it made so much sense. It didn't at the time, but during this last semester, my first semester of senior year, my fall semester, so this is August to December, I had a lot going on. So much going on that if I had not stepped down, I don't think I could have been an effective leader. Not, Not even effective. Forget effective. I would not have been a healthy person if I had all that responsibility with all the things that were going on in my personal life. So God, God has a plan. That was like my confirmation that God has a plan. Always. Always has a plan. And his plans are perfect. So, and I preaching to the choir here, why not trust him? I'm still trying to figure that one out. So to continue the story, because I don't want to take too long to get through this. Um, fall semester, I had a lot going on in my personal life. My parents' home life was struggling because of a lot of issues that were happening. My grandparents all started getting sick at the same time. Like, in the matter of three weeks, I thought two, both of my grandfathers were going to die, and my grandmas were, like, super sick. <laughs> like, or something was happening with both of them. So, I was just, like, taken aback because, again, I'm an only kid, and... I love my parents and I'm there for them, so I was like very much the like there to support. And I was not at all emotionally healthy. All these things are happening in my like family. I was struggling because there was changes in my friend groups because we're getting older and we're adults and we have to be intentional and I was struggling with things of like not being a leader anymore and finding finding something new and the Lord taking me to something new to serve him and to learn how to disciple people in a different way and just a lot of things were happening last semester to be honest I don't know what's happening and I was just I felt defeated for most of it and it took a conversation with my pastor to for me to figure out like I'm emotionally unhealthy and I didn't know I didn't at all know that this was something I was struggling with and he recommended and I recommend to you I haven't finished reading it but it's a really good book so far and it's really helpful it's called emotionally healthy spirituality it's challenging on being emotionally healthy so you can be spiritually healthy And I was like, oh, that's why I'm struggling spiritually. That's why I feel like I'm struggling just in general because I'm not emotionally healthy and all of these things are going on and I don't know how to handle it. So it was something new to me. So going into Christmas break, I was going on vacation. I thought I was going to have time with this. I thought I was going to have time to heal and to uproot all of these things. Like quite literally uproot all my trauma, all the friend issues all the boy issues all the all these issues and to heal and I did not do that I went um 
to El Salvador of a break, and I had a lot of fun, but it was a very hard break because of a continuance of the family issues, and also because I had strep throat for half of the trip. I, let me say one thing, I will never, ever wish that type of strep throat on anybody. It was awful. I had, I'm TMI, if you're grossed out by anything, like, bodily fluids or just things, skip for, like, 30 seconds. I had sores, because I had a fever for four days, I had sores all over my mouth where I could not eat. (laughs) Awful! So awful! It wasn't even the fact that my throat was hurting, it was the sores all over my gums. It felt like I had braces again, and like metal was sticking into my gums, so every time I would eat, it would burn. (sighs) I'm sick, by the way, if you hear my nose. Never wished on anybody. I had a lot of fun, but it was just really hard of a break. And a lot of things were still happening and piling on. So I come to this point literally a couple days before I come back to campus, before I start my last semester, before I focus on post-grad, you know, life. And I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. Jesus, I can't do this anymore. I cannot. I feel like every time I get halfway trying to stand up I get knocked down again I can't continue doing this I quit in that moment or in the moments following that moment I realized I have nothing outside of Jesus nothing no purpose no meaning no nothing nada and I was like God I'm sorry I repent I shouldn't have said that but thank you because you you showed me I have nothing without you. And that's that's scary to say. And I feel like if I would would have heard myself two years ago saying that, I would have been like, girl, what? <laughs> but it's honestly the best place to be. And the last two months, I've been learning that. I'm not saying... And again, this is my note that I was going to say a couple minutes ago. But... I am not perfect by any means. I do not have it together by any means. That's, honestly, that's kind of the point of this podcast and of the garden and just, like, anything I do on social media would be to just be honest and vulnerable. Because in vulnerability, we get to help each other and be the hands and feet of Christ and pick each other up when we're down or when we're struggling. And I don't have it together. So I say this because... I know that some people might look at me or my friends and think like, oh, but they are like so on fire. They have everything together and nobody does. We're all human. Even the people I look up to, like people on social media or Christians who are on social media or artists or even people in my life, they don't have it together either. And I don't have it together. And this is such a real thing. And we have to be here and be real because... The Lord is truth. We can't spread the gospel of truth if we're living a highlight reel only online. Okay? Because it's not honest. It's not vulnerable. It's not real. You know? And that might sound tough. So, I actually say a lot of things that are tough. (laughs) I, anyways, anyways. So, the last two months, I've been learning all of these things, and... I continue to learn all of these things, and I'm excited because I get to share this journey with you. 
by no means, like I said, do I have everything together. But we're going to do it together. You and I. And, again, so excited because here's my thing. I was thinking, and you guys can let me know if you, like, know me and see me in person. Or, if you're watching me and I don't know you and you want to send me a DM of your thoughts, go ahead. Love that. Love input. Constructive criticism. But, yeah, so... I want to do, here's, here's my idea. I would love to do little vlogs of things that are hard for me to do, things that make me anxious and take you with me to kind of share just my journey on this. And I'll talk about it a little more in the next episode when I talk about this idea of quote unquote getting your life together. But yeah, that is my idea. And with that, I end my story. My that's kind of where I am in life right now. Uh, I'm learning a lot of new things, and I think after just coming back to God and realizing He's the only thing I have, He's shown me a new mindset. Because in the past, I have tried to do a, a relationship, build a new relationship with old mindsets, and it wasn't working. So now I'm learning new mindsets that He's teaching me, and just kind of a pouring out of his spirit and it's been great even though I'm still struggling with a lot of things that are continuing from last semester from the last couple months I can say that there's this peace that can only be from him and I say this as like a anxious stressed normally stressed and anxious person I know that that's like the Lord's peace and the Lord's joy even in the worst of circumstances because joy comes from his presence not from our circumstances i thank you for watching and i'm excited to continue to do this i know that i haven't posted in a while and this is like my second post i hope and promise that i will post every other week and yeah again so thankful that you're here i love you and most importantly jesus loves you keep going you got this. God is with you. You are not alone. And I love you. So I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Mwah.